the answer is always about like, well, how much am I prepared to suffer to keep this thing going, to take it to the next level? Because business and life is largely, well, in my experience, it is about happiness, yes, and performance and joy and all these things, but a lot of it is about suffering and getting through the hard times. He said to me, you know, when you lose a business, and I've lost quite a, quite a few over the years, um, I don't look at those things as negative experiences. I, use, I look at them as formative experiences. And what he said was, breakdowns are always your breakthroughs. And I think that people want to know, especially if they found entrepreneurs, that they're not alone. Um, and that failure is okay, that it's a prerequisite to success. This is the Proco 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor hosting Proco 360 because I love Colorado and I love getting to know the leaders of Colorado's most interesting and entrepreneurial companies. For today's episode, though, I'm breaking one of my foundational rules, which is to stay on brand. A producer named Mav reached out to introduce me to Matt Brown. My first thought was, hey, this guy's in Africa. And I researched Matt, though, and and thought, uh, sure, it'll be fun. And before I started this intro, I learned that Matt's actually moving to Colorado. So I am on brand without even knowing it. Thanks, Matt. You're very welcome. I mean, I am to please. <laughs> yeah, of course. Moving here for the Proco 360. What board, What better could, could we uh, have it? That was so, the main uh, reason. You yeah, know. that's right. And Matt Brown, so you know, is a serial entrepreneur and the author of a number one Amazon best-selling book called your inner game, 12 principles of high impact entrepreneurs. And like me, Matt is a podcaster and he had a podcast episode with 2 million downloads. I want to know how he did that. And I figured you might find this interesting too. Finally, he's been called the Tim Ferriss of Africa and off-brand or not. If Tim Ferriss wanted to be on Proco 360, I'd say, yes, Tim didn't reach out, but Matt did. Right, Matt? Yep. <laughs> so, so, um, so look, we're gonna take some time today exploring how Matt and I believe content from our guests cannot be just consumed, you know, sort of as in listened to, but digested to be useful. So, Matt, with all that, glad you're with us on Proco 360. Yeah, great to be here, Dave. And soon to be in Colorado. That's so thrilling. I'm glad, and we'll we'll connect more about that. But first, let's you know before we dive into sort of today's theme, I wanted to help listeners and me kind of know more about where you're coming from. You've built and sold multiple multi million dollar businesses, including Africa's best tech startup. So, what did those businesses all have in common? Passion, in one word. Um, you know, I think I'm the. You get different types of entrepreneurs, but for me. I've learned over the last 20 years or so, having founded, you know, over a dozen companies um, and being privileged enough to have built them to a place where they could be sold and also failing a lot along the way, is that in that journey, you learn a lot about yourself and what type of entrepreneur you are. And you get people who are happy with lifestyle businesses, et cetera, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, podcasting is a great lifestyle business. Um, but then you get you know, other entrepreneurs who want to put a dent in the universe. Um, you know, Elon Musk, they want venture capital, they want to scale, they want millions of users, they want to become billionaires. Um, and um, and over the years, I've learned that you don't need to have that kind of ambition to be successful. If you can see a gap in the market and you can commercialize that gap, and that's a very important point, um, then you can sell things, you know. And you, you know, I don't, I don't need to have a hundred million dollars in the bank to be successful. I really don't. Um, but when you're younger, if you tell a thirty-year-old that he can walk on water, he'll believe you, hmm. and and so will she. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But well, mainly I, he. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you brought up Elon Musk. I'm going to bring him back up in a minute. And as 
part of this deeper conversation, but uh, also you were inspired to write your inner game, 12 principles for high impact entrepreneurs. And, and, and to the extent you can, Matt, let's work the themes of that in today's conversation. But first of all, like, how did that become a number one Amazon bestseller? So we're surrounded by systems. And if you see and recognize systems, you can basically manipulate systems to your advantage. Same applies with social media content, same applies with books and Amazon's algorithms. So you also need to just be open and transparent here. This isn't about hacking something or having a, a bad product that somehow did well. Um, this is about knowing how algorithms and systems work uh, collectively to create a result. Um, and so what uh, if you want to become a number one Amazon bestseller, first thing, write a great book. Don't write a, a, a yeah. book that no one will, no one will care about, you know. Um, and then uh, make it free for a period of time. And that's literally what we did. So it was 48 to 72 hours. You can get uh, the book for free, put a lot of PR around that, uh, published it uh, on the podcast as well, uh, did a lot of promotion. And literally, that is it. It's just getting a lot mm. of throughputs, a lot of downloads very, very quickly. In fact, um, to be a New York Times uh, you know, best-selling author, you need, I think it's, and it's not even a big number, it's like 3,000 sales a week. Or something like that. So you would think it'd be three hundred thousand, yeah, right? Yeah, to be yeah, there. You would. yeah, yeah. But it's the same principle, mm. you know. And so systems and principles really go hand in hand. And so, um, so for us, it was just about you know giving the book away for free, getting you mm. know a thousand downloads within forty-eight hours, and there you go, number one. Wow. Well, now you also um, achieved some massive success. And so this next question is as much for my benefit as it's for the listeners. And I hope they're sharing my curiosity. But, you know, Matt, you produced a podcast that had over 2 million downloads. Is it the same? First of all, was it a podcast of how to get 2 million downloads? Or was there, was, how did you do that? Um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, essentially. Um, I'm anyone that, you know this, Dev, uh, podcasting is really not for everybody. It's a labor of love. And I actually believe that you don't choose the medium, the medium chooses you. Um, and so I'm an introvert, so I don't really like strangers, you know, stranger danger, all the stuff you get uh, taught <laughs> at school. Um, and for me, I kind of transformed through the process of having a conversation on a podcast. But how we got to 2 million downloads was talent. That's what one word. It's, You're saying because you have talent, you got 2 million downloads? No, not me. I don't, like, I don't need It's my show. <laughs> Thanks, Dave, for throwing me under the bus there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, it's about, by talent, I don't mean me. I mean, it's about you or the, you know, the guests that are on the show. Um, and it's amazing. If you have a New York Times bestselling author, uh, or someone that's Steve Blank or Alexander Osterwalder or anybody that's, or Mick, Mike Michalowicz, uh, Mickey Agrawal uh, or Leif Babin, uh, you know, all these guys, when you have names, talent like that on yeah. your show, that's what pushes uh, downloads. But I think the secret to getting there is consistency. So I didn't get to 2 million downloads overnight. It's, it's, it took seven years to become yeah, yeah, an yeah. overnight success. Um, and so that's another principle um, to weave that back in uh, well, is yeah. that, uh, you know, when you persevere, success can happen at any moment. Well, and, and so those are good, three good starting points to kind of get some of your background. I want to dive into this theme, really explore with you, you know, because you and I both host podcasts and you mentioned, you know, the key is having really interesting uh, high profile guests and, you know, so here's what I wanted. I mean, aside from the entertainment value of that, we listen to these episodes and we want to get 
a nugget or we want to get information that we can apply to our own lives. And, and so, you know, what would happen? Imagine this, if you had four episodes in a row and it was Tim Ferriss, Sarah Blakely of Spanx fame, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Oprah Winfrey, you know, could you listen to four episodes? Could your listeners listen to them, incorporate them and become like this superhuman and then add Elon Musk to another one, you know, but I, I contend that we can't, absorb all that for a number of reasons and that we we filter what we hear into sort of like could i actually do it i filter it but you know we filter it through several things and the first filter i think we use is does what they're talking about seem aligned with who i am for example like gary vaynerchuk is like over the top full of energy so what do you think about that like do you filter that as a first place like could i even be that way I don't believe you should compare yourself to anyone or any philosophy. I don't care who it is. Uh, it can be Gary Vaynerchuk, can be Matt Brown. You, the thing that I learned uh, some time ago was that these are all, uh, there's many ways to get to the outcome. Um, and so you need to choose what works for you and throw away the rest. Um, and I think if you oversubscribe to Gary Vaynerchuk's content recycling model and you've got to be everywhere on every platform every single time, I guarantee you eight out of the 10 times, you don't have the money, the team or the budget <laughs> or, or the skill set. <laughs> or maybe just the energy. Yeah. Or the energy. Yeah. So, you know, that doesn't work for me. Um, and But it works for Gary and he's figured out what works for him. Um, and so imposter syndrome is another principle that I write about in uh, in my book and it's very well documented uh, you know rock stars movie um, movie stars celebrities you know people who you would never say suffer from this idea of well could I do that or am I worthy I'm, I'm about to be discovered as a fraud mm -hmm. that's basically yeah, yeah, what yeah, it yeah. means um, and uh, it's it's so important to recognize that you are unique and your path to success is going to be unique because of that um, and so the secret it is to figure out what works for you and to throw around yeah. or throw away the rest. Yeah. So what's an example of someone that you sort of looked at, you watched and you thought, wow, I'm not being that way, but I, I think I could be. And then you sort of embraced and adopted that. Um, hmm, great question. Um, I would say the, uh, maybe if I could tell you a story to answer the question. So when I started podcasting, I didn't think anyone would care, um, you know, what, what I was doing. I mean, podcasting in South, in South Africa, Africa period, uh, you know, seven years ago, it was so embryonic, like it wasn't anything like the US was and iTunes was way ahead. Podcasting was actually a thing. It, back then there was, there was no, nobody knew what a podcast was. That's, yeah, that was yeah, the honest yeah. truth. Um, and I remember... Uh, over time, I started to get referred to new guests. And eventually, I set a goal to say, cool, well, I'm going to get all the sharks from the Shark Tank on the show. Hmm. Um, and I remember being literally quite fearful of talking to a shark from the Shark Tank because of the impression that that series or that TV show gives you. Hmm. And I remember after I'd interviewed all five of them that the, the thing that was resounding in my head was, was that I'm just the same as them. What separates them from me is almost nothing at all. The only thing is I have to choose to be a shark. I have to choose to go mm. after that thing that I want to achieve. Yeah. Um, and so it was this chasm or chasm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get to American lingo still. Um, but um, it's this idea of like, I'm not good enough. 
and everybody has the kind of success that I want and I'm not worthy. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to transform that idea that you can become Gary yeah. Vee, you can become Tim Ferriss, you can. Uh, well, if- that's a really interesting thing. And I'm interrupting Matt because, because you might not, like you might say, oh, I should want to be like that. I could be that if I wanted to, but I, there's like something about our soul that just doesn't align with all of those different kind of people that we hold up as so successful. Not everybody has the soul that's aligned with that, right? Yeah, well, exactly. And the thing is that the, the number one challenge that I think a lot of us have is to try and be yourself for a living. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think uh, as I was thinking about talking about this particular point, I, I I do sales as part of my day job and and I've done all kinds of sales training and I hated all of it uh, until I read a guy named Oren Claff. Uh, who wrote a book, wrote two books, Flip the Script and uh, Pitch Anything, which I wish he hadn't called that because that just sounds bad. It doesn't sound, but he sort of put the systems on its on their head in a way that like I could embrace and I could become better because my soul sort of connected with his approach. And so it became something I was driven to to do as opposed to nauseating to try with some of these other systems, right? There has to be some sort of inner alignment, don't you think? Absolutely, and that's why I said up front, it's passion. That's what made, makes a business successful. I've got a business now in South Africa that I'm, I'm busy selling because I'm not passionate about it anymore. Hmm. You know, Were you why? passionate at one point? I was, yeah, hmm. it was. I was passionate about it when things were growing exponentially prior to COVID um, and then finding a, a niche in a market that we owned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was passionate about success, but success is so fleeting uh, and it yeah. comes and it goes and timing is so, 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 so important. Yeah. Um, and uh, if, you, um, if you recognize that, then the answer is always about like, well, how much am I prepared to suffer to keep this mm-hmm. thing going, to yeah. take it to the next level? Because business and life is largely, well, in my experience, it is about happiness, yes, and fulfillment and joy and all these things, but a lot of it is about suffering and getting yeah. through the well, hard times. It, it, yes, for sure. And so without the passion, if you've lost passion, suffering just doesn't work very well. So, you know, okay, so the first filter that I mentioned is like, does somebody, does a role model, supposed role model, does their behavior seem aligned with who I am? That's the first sort of filter in deciding whether to take something I hear or see from somebody else. The next one is like, okay, maybe it does. But, you know, if I'm not as successful as that person, like, should I change myself? Like, if I'm aligned, but I'm not doing that, like, do I feel compelled to change the way I am? And have you had an example in your life where, you know, you said, okay, that is who I want to become. And then you did that? Um, yeah, I, um, I've suffered from addiction my whole life. Um, and I remember it got to a point when my first son, Franklin, was born. And um, it was getting to a place where my life was becoming unmanageable. And so I had to choose to become someone else. Um, And that's what I did. And to this day, four years later, um, or in fact, it's closer to seven years. (laughs) I don't know why I said four. It's just that time flies so quick. My youngest Mm -hmm. daughter's four. Uh, But seven years later, it was the best choice I ever made because the consequences of that 
lifestyle was literally stopping me from becoming mm. who I was hoping I would always become, which is a number one super dad. If you go to wow. my Twitter profile, ah. it's like super dad. That's the first thing uh, that I aspire to be. Um, and that is, there's no rule book for that. You know, no, there's no, no rule there book are a few things. Yeah. When I come back, I'm going to thank sponsors for a second. When I come back, I'm going to ask you for a couple of things as you reflect back on some of the guests and some of the things that they said were there any ahas that like, Oh, I can do that. I'm going to do that starting right now. And I'm going to come back to you and ask you that question in a second, but you're listening to Proco 360 named best Colorado business podcast the last two years and best Denver podcast three times. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And this is a show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. Like my guest today, Matt Brown, entrepreneur, best-selling author and host of the Matt Brown show, who is choosing to Colorado to uh, make Colorado his home when he moves here very soon. Hey, thanks to our sponsors. First Kinsley meetings. They are the longest running sponsor of Proco 360. Thanks guys. Via technologies. We appreciate them hosting Proco 360. Clint and the via team keep it running really well, uh, especially with his data heavy as it is and Colorado business magazine, Colorado biz, Really excited to grow our audience together. Thanks. So go to Proco360.com to check out these sponsors. And now back to Matt. Um, so were there a couple of things that you could just take and put to work from the guests that you've had on the Matt Brown show? Um, absolutely. There's, there's a lot. I'd have to spend some time picking out the best ones. Um, but I think one that immediately jumped to mind was um, a story or, or a kind of a truism if you like from one of the sharks from the shark tank his name was gil ovid um he sold his company for one over 1.4 billion uh mm. so he was a super wealthy guy um and i was talking to him about failure and we all fail every day like you know parents entrepreneurs as individual even friends dads. even super dads fail um <laughs> and and but uh, when you fail sometimes it feels like you you're being broken down um, and he was, he said to me, you know, when you lose a business and I've lost quite a, quite a few over the years, um, I don't look at those things as negative experiences. I use, I uh, look at them as formative experiences. And what he said was breakdowns are always your breakthroughs. And it was a narrow, it's just an idea, right? So if my breakdowns are always my breakthroughs mm. then breaking down is okay. Um, and I think irrespective of what business you're running or whether you're a dad or not, or even if you're in a corporate job, that's one thing that everybody can apply at any point when they are yeah. way down in the dumps. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good example. Uh, sometimes I even hear really tactical things from my guests, like really tactical. Can you think of an example of something that's like, hey, I'll do that today and I'll be better off for it. So it's, uh, this next one is basically something I did uh, when uh, I founded Digital Kung Fu, which became Africa's best tech startup. Um, and this is the business that I'm now exiting from. So niche down, that is the number two thing I would suggest that any business owner should do, be for someone. It's the number one thing. It's scary to be for someone 
but when you yeah, are for yeah. everybody, you are invisible. Yeah, for nobody. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, you know, it, when we niched down digital kung fu, we were just doing content for businesses. And then we chose to be for technology customers. And within that space, we said, we're going to do lead generation for B2B technology businesses. And we just grew exponentially year on year because we found a niche that was underserved and that we owned. Um, and it's, it's, it's an absolute... I don't do anything now moving forward without being very specific around a use case for a product or service um, and looking at and asking basically two questions. Number one, does this suck for me? And does this suck for a lot of other people? Because if those two things are true, you're probably onto something. That's a really good way to put it. I've, I've never heard the term niche down, but, um, but I've talked about it a lot. I'd love a great niche. And the irony of a bad niche is, you know, you talk to most like IT companies and you say, well, who do you serve? Well, we serve anybody from four cup to, but we can scale to do 10,000. So essentially they're saying we're really not for anyone. And it's amazing to me and how, how interesting the irony is that niching down or niching down, you know, it's actually so much more powerful. Yeah. Because we're taught that we have to be, if you want to be popular, you have to be popular with everyone. That's yeah. the school thing. Yeah. Um, and actually, in truth, you just need to be popular with the football team. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's it. Um, you know, I, I'm going to share with you a couple of fun examples that I took from recent uh, podcast interviews because they were so deployable sort of instantly. There's a guy uh, in Colorado named John Street who who started as CEO of a company called Pax8. And in that episode, he talks about like, I'm like, how did you name that company? And he goes, oh, when I started a company, I have these, I think it was five rules of how to name a company. And like one of them is it has to become, you have to be able to use it as a verb. So his company is Pax8 with the numeral eight. And so you can Pax8 your team. You could Pax8 your tech. You can, you know, I mean, he had all these and it was, I'm like, wow, these are some things like I could put to use like today, you know, and that's kind of fun when you're talking with a guest. Yeah, it is. It's like Google. I'm going to Google it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so now, all right. So we talked about whether you, you know, as a listener to, to a guest, you can, you first feel aligned with them. We talked about whether you think maybe you should become sort of who they are, or how they are. Um, ultimately really, I mean, have you, have you been in a scenario where you felt like inspired to actually become different? You mentioned your addiction. What about in business? Was there a time when you heard somebody, you watched somebody, and you said, okay, I feel inspired to become like that. And you actually did. Not exactly. It, I suppose I, I've, I'm, I have a problem with authority. So I don't like being compared to anyone else. In fact, I don't even like being compared. Or people say, oh, you're the Tim Ferriss of Africa or whatever the case is. <laughs> um, I'm like, I, I hate the label. Like it just says Tim Ferriss is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, I, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm the guy from Africa you know what I mean <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I, it's to be honest with you uh, Dave no I, I, I don't I don't copy and then become like that other person like I said for me I try and be the best version of myself today and you know my best today might just be 75% of what I did yesterday yeah. but that's okay for me I don't care about the opinions or judgments of others about you know who I am yeah. and what I say and what kind of things so well but um, I mean as you as you interview people as you interview guests for listeners you're 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 
are your, is your objective simply to entertain your listeners or is your objective to help your listeners improve by taking some content from your guests? And if so, like, how do you filter that in your own mind or how do you want them to filter it? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of stories um, get told, you know, about successes and failures and just tragedies, trauma. <laughs> like uh, a lot of my show is, is not really only exclusively about entrepreneurship and how to build a business. And like, we don't get into how to SEO your websites. Although I heard an episode that you did with uh, somebody who had a million, uh, had a million subscribers. I can't remember what it was, but it was a recent one. Yeah. yeah so there was some tactical stuff there. Yeah. Uh, it is, but I think the thing for me that makes uh, my podcast where I can't speak for others is perspective. And I think that people want to know, especially if they found entrepreneurs, that they're not alone um, and that failure is okay, that it's a prerequisite to success. Uh, they want to know that um, other restaurateurs in you know, their industry close their doors during COVID. You know, they want to feel like they're connecting to someone uh, that can give them a perspective on their own journey. Because sometimes when you're stuck inside the bottle, you can't read the label. And that's really what a podcast for me is about. It is about education, um, but it's and it's about motivation. It's about inspiration. It's about so many things that are human uh, and uh, a conversation, just dialogue between two strangers in an open, authentic way, which is amazing because you put a microphone in someone in front of someone and suddenly they're accountable, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, uh, and podcasts are like, don't listen to episode one because it's really bad. You know, it's uh, like, yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it's all about perspective in many cases and stories that help you understand that what you're going through is a necessary uh, human experience, I suppose. Um, but sure, there's many nuts yeah. and bolts, you know, six ways to do this, uh, three steps towards X, 12 principles for high impact entrepreneurs. There's lots mm -hmm. of that stuff as well. Um, but, you know, approaching 500 episodes now and it's it's very hard to go you know yes it's just about how to x you know there's lots mm -hmm. of podcasts like yeah. that uh but that's not uh, what the map brown show is about for sure yeah well you know that's that's actually some good perspective because i you know the real question i was i've, I've been trying to dig and explore is what what ought listeners expect to be able to take and what we ought what ought we try to deliver as far as content that's actually useful you know, and, and, and I was thinking along the lines of tactical uh, or even philosophical approaches. And I think what you're saying is it's even higher level than that. It's a question of relating to an audience, putting, giving them a, an opportunity to relate to what's going on uh, with your guests and in, in their, in their own lives and that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's, it's about also having a, a window into somebody else's mind. You know, if you have Steve Blank on the show who created the lean startup method with Eric Reese, or you have Alexander Osterwalder who created the business model canvas, you spend 60 minutes listening to that, any of those sorts of individuals speak, you will learn something. You will yeah, guaranteed yeah. learn something. Um, and, you know, it will be memorable, it will, it will be relatable, and it will be understandable. And because they know what you don't know, the medium is what connects you to that knowledge capital and that yeah. knowledge capital is the perspective that you leave with what you do with it as the entrepreneur as the person listening yeah. that's the thing that makes the difference yeah. 
So here's what I always struggle with. And, you know, I've, I've re-listened to podcast episodes. I've re-listened to some of my podcast episodes uh, to learn from them. I've re-listened to a few choice audible books and it, it seems like I'll, I'll listen. I, there's probably 5% of what I hear that I want to rehear over and over because there's something at its core that I feel like I need to learn more deeply than simply hearing, you know, I mean, do you feel that way? Yeah. It's, do you do it's, that? I, it's, I hate listening to my, my podcast. It's a, it's a funny thing. Um, the least, I don't know why that is. Um, and I think the, more more specifically to answer your question, David, there's so much information. There's so much. And a lot of the time, like if podcasts are consumed in cars driving around or what have you. Um, so it's on demand when you want. And a lot of the time it's just, I just, I just want to relax and have someone else entertain my mind yeah, other yeah, than yeah. me worry about what's, am I going to make payroll this month? You know, how am I going to make my first million? You know, how am I going to become a number one Amazon bestseller? Who am I going to get, uh, you know, on my show next? And so we, you know, the a podcast is just a great way to, disconnect from yourself mm-hmm. um, and to absorb and to learn passively uh, and not to actively study six ways to do something you know mm-hmm. on medium the last question for you as we wrap up um, well actually two one is are you seeing any trends uh, within the world of, of podcasting and I mean now that we're at I don't know whatever a hundred thousand podcasts or something like that are you are you changing what you're doing are you adapting at all or uh, sticking with your formula um, I think media now, if you want to be a podcast only medium, audio only media guy, that's great, fine, but you, you know, it's difficult to commercialize that unless you're getting lots and lots of downloads. Um, but if you recognize you're playing in a broader media spectrum, so you've got YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and you have a whole ecosystem of businesses that are looking to raise awareness of their brand, get their story out there, become a thought leader, do some PR, educate the market about their products and services, drive some leads. Um, I communicate competitors when you see all of this happening. Uh, podcasting is a great uh, channel, but more mm-hmm. broadly, what we're doing now is we're looking at something called a digital TV show, which is basically a podcast that is conversational based, but structured in such a way that it delivers um, a show. Um, so that's one way. The second thing I've got my first, uh, we're doing a, a series of events here in uh, Denver from the 18th of August. Uh, it's called uh, million, the Million Dollar Series. And we're looking at you know how to, things like sales, marketing, team, culture, product, services. But if you're a founder, how do you get to a million dollars in all of these uh, things? So we do live podcasts. So this is like myself, two panelists, maybe, you know, someone from uh, California, uh, like Christopher Lockett, for instance, who wrote uh, Niche Down, funny enough, Mm. um, and uh, having a live audience and running a series of educational events. So now that's an event. So it's a podcast, but it's live and it's an event. So there's so many ways to look at podcasts and saying, okay, how do you differentiate yourself and and ultimately create value in this, you know, this whole media spectrum that we now play in? Well, cool. And I guess that's why you're moving to Denver. Basically, yes. Um, that's, uh, That's the bottom line. You know, it's about taking this next step, looking fear in the face and going for it. That's cool. Well, welcome to Colorado. 
And I think that's a good note to end on. I'm going to wrap up. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. Today, I'm Proco360. You've been listening to my conversation with Matt Brown, entrepreneur, best-selling author, and host of The Matt Brown Show. Matt, it's been fun sort of getting out of the typical Proco360 format. I'm going to have to return to get back to brand, but you know, I'm sure we'll be connecting in Colorado. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Cool. Listeners, glad you're here on Proco360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco360 podcast, sharing episodes, and submitting a review in your app. Thanks again to show sponsors, Kingsley Meetings, Via Technologies, and Colorado Biz Magazine. That's it. Live, work, love Colorado.